Visit Wolfgang von Sprinkletoe's Pyrotechnics for all your fireworks and other assorted fire-based entertainment devices. Choose from the world-famous Sprinkletoe's Explosive Badger, or from a wide range of rockets, blinkers, flares, mortars, bangers, squibs, comets, candles, shells, sparklers, flashes, bombs, busters, and glow sticks. I heartily recommend that you frequent this establishment, as Mr. Von Sprinkletoes owes me money, after a rather large wager involving a garble toad and one of Mrs. Cockle's left-handed knee breeches. I'd very much like him to pay me back, but his business is not doing well after he accidentally blew up Lord Mucklejoy's privy on New Year's Eve. That stuff gets everywhere. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, as ever, I am absolutely delighted to be here. Hey, Peter. Yes? we got two guests with us this week. Two? Two, two guests? guests. <sighs> That's two weeks in a row we've had two guests. I'm afraid we're setting standards and expectations that it's, we may not be able to keep up. It's almost, it's almost like people like us. Almost. almost. I wouldn't go that no, far. But. No, no. I'm afraid <laughs> we're going to have to discount that hypothesis. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. But rest tell us who our guests are. Introduce well, them, please. Our guests, our guests are all the way from Pinnacle Entertainment Group. <sighs> who produce a little game you may have heard of called Savage Worlds. It's a little game that, in fact, I am starting to run a new season of uh, quite soon so there you go yeah. well our guests are Chris Warner and Mike Barbo who are working on the Pathfinder for Savage Worlds oh. line which was announced about two months ago to everyone's surprise well not and their surprise course, I assume they knew about it but <laughs> well, I'd, I'd hope so and then we had the announcement that they'd made that announcement which was an interesting marketing strategy uh, a bold choice where I hope it's been paying off for you guys well, we'd like to announce it again, if we can. If you, you could, that would be can. awesome. That, that, I, I, I'm loving this. It's like it's a sort of an inverse wizard strategy. <laughs> yeah. Give you all the information and tell you that you've been getting information, as opposed to announcing it, going to give you information at some indeterminate point in the future. I think you've pretty much rung that joke to death now, Peter. <laughs> I just don't think time's linear. So we announced it at some uh, point. People just haven't followed it in the right order. Yeah, that's right. fine. It's like, you know, if you're Benjamin Button, then this is like the most exciting thing that's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, we will dive into Pathfinder for Savage Worlds in great detail in about half an hour. Yes. But first of all, we have the week's RPG news to dive in. <gasps> the week's RPG news? Yes. So where should we start? Mm, probably at the beginning. I mean, I, right, I realise Mike's not a big fan of linear time as a concept. I respect that. But... Many of the rest of the people find it a convenient chronological ordering method. Yeah, well, let's start with well. let's let's start with a bit of D and D news because we often start with D and D news mainly because there's always D and D news. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, then. two bits of D and D news this week. Yes, we have a novel and we have a D and D book, a D and D game book. Which one would you yes. like to start with? Oh, let's talk about the novel first. So, on Amazon UK, mm-hmm. a placeholder page has appeared. Yes, for a mm-hmm. brand new Dragonlance novel by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Mm. 
So the title of it isn't on there. It's got a release date of this coming summer. Right. The title of it isn't on there, but you remember that lawsuit that happened towards the end of last year? Uh, relatively well. That was the lawsuit where Weiss and Hickman said that Wizards had told them, we're not going to give you any suggestions on the changes you need to make so that you can release your product. Yeah, so that's been settled, or at least resolved in some way. Yeah, it does. And that that lawsuit mentioned the names of the books, and the first one was oh. called Dragons of Deceit. Dragons of Deceit. So that presumably is what this book coming out this summer is oh. called. Apparently that's been written, it's ready to go now. Uh, the second one's been written, and they're working on the third. But we don't know what that's called. Oh, interesting stuff. Uh, right, Chris, have you are you following the Dragonlance stuff? Is that of interest to you? Uh, I, I don't follow it, I don't think, but uh, it is of interest to me. I, you know, I read some of the books years ago. Oh, oh yeah, many, many more years than I would care to admit. <laughs> join, join, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I made a couple of yeah. notes though because that's interesting. We, we still have a couple of those on our shelf, I think. Yeah, Ooh. I've got all of the Chronicles, oh. all of the Legends, and oh. uh, I, I did originally, I had loads more than that. I don't know what happened to them over the years. I've got a smattering, maybe a half dozen other books now left. Oh. The rest went to, I don't know what happened to them. They uh, they got but sold off or something. They, they did really big hardcovers, like really massive ones, which had like about three books each. And I, I, was, I was in an omnibus phase when I was younger, and that's yeah. like a good choice for me. So I picked up some Tales. What about you, Mike? Were you, were you a Dragonlance reader? I, I read a little bit of Dragonlance way back in the day. Um, mm. you know, when I say way back in the day, I mean when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> but recently, you know, I mean, there's just so many good books out there. It's it's hard to keep track or stick with one. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. I've had my nose in, you know, mostly RPG books recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that is that's one, one, of, one of the things about having people on this show is that it's always when they've got a really exciting project that they're nose deep in at the moment. And pretty much that's all they've really been aware of. For the, I mean, that's yeah. totally fair enough. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing happens to me. The only reason I know about this stuff is because it's, you know, it's my job to. But uh, yeah. otherwise, I'd be... It's, it's, it's difficult enough to remember to eat, let alone follow the uh, the new dragon. I knew novels. I forgot something. <laughs> oh, no. I, I remember to eat. I'm good, I'm good at that. Eating and sleeping are two of my... Uh, two things I'm really good at. Excellent. So, anyway, um, sticking on Dragonlance, though. So yeah. a lot of the rumours for the new D&D book coming out in March mm-hmm. was that it might be a Dragonlance book. Oh. I it's don't. not. Well, yeah. <laughs> Rumours Yeah, It turns, turns out it's, out it's not Spelljammer. I'm just, like, shocked and appalled. It, in fact, it's not a setting book at all. It's an anthology book of adventures. Yeah, what's it? 13, 15 adventures, something like that? Uh, 17. 17 adventures. Mystery themed adventures. Yeah. Uh, it's called Candlekeep Mysteries. Mm-hmm. And these 17 adventures, basically, Candlekeep's a big library in the Forgotten Realms, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. And these books provide portals mm-hmm. to adventures elsewhere in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. So basically, the, the library itself is kind of like a, just a framing. Mm. Okay. A framing conceit, like the yes, yeah, Tales yeah. of Yawning Portal had the Yawning Portal Tavern, and then five adventures which were essentially reprints. But I believe these aren't reprints, these are actually new adventures. They are new adventures, 17 of them. I mean, they're quite short, they're about 10 pages each, so it's like it's more like a giant issue of Dr- uh, Dungeon Magazine or something than 
than a, than a, than a traditional D&D book. But I know what three of the adventures are called. Ooh, do tell. So one of them's called The Canopic Being. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Canopic obviously refers to uh, in uh, ancient Egypt mm. when someone got mummified. All their internal organs, just lovely, lovely um, custom. I think we should bring it back. Um, all their internal <laughs> organs got stored in jars called canopic jars. Yeah. Hook the brain out for the nostril. Absolutely off. delicious, yes. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the canopic being, I'm guessing, refers to a mummy of some kind? We just don't know. It's, it seems, it seems likely. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is called uh, Zikran's Z- Zephyrian Tome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a genie trapped in a book that asks you to free it in exchange for a wish. And this genie has an evil former master. Ooh. Can I get that name one more time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zikran's uh, Zephyrian Tome. That's, that's when you have to rehearse every time you uh, introduce it to the group, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one is called Candlekeep Deconstruction, except all the C's are K's. So this is by a comedian called Amy Vorpal, and um, it's a comedic adventure. And this, and the book in this case That's contains blueprints of Candlekeep, and there's mechanical creatures in it called Skitter Widgets, and they have babies called Kitty Widgets. So that was the news about the new upcoming D and D book. Ooh. Are you going to be buying this one? I, th- I think I've kind of, I, up until about two years ago, I was buying all of them. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of stopped because I've got so many of them now. Mm-hmm. And especially the adventures. I've only run like three of them. And so I've got, how many are there now? 10, 12 of them? Quite a lot. Uh, and they're big, they're big right. adventures that last like six months. Right. Okay. I, was just, I was just about to ask you that. Are these like full-length adventures in the Candlekeep? Yeah, or? yeah. They're big hardcover campaigns. So, you know, like level one to often like 15 you know. Are you talking about Dragonlance or are you talking about Candlekeep? Candlekeep is what I was Candlekeep, asking. yeah. D&D yeah. D&D yeah. books in general, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, oh, yeah. So the Candlekeep will be a big one, but with 17, 17 adventures. Smaller adventures. I suppose I might get more yeah. use out of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sounds like they're taking a page out of Pinnacle Entertainment Group's plans and virtually having a one-pager. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I think things like that aren't bad, especially, you know, in this time where people can't get together as much. And so being um, able to, to pull out something short like that is definitely yeah, really yeah, useful. Yeah, one-shot stuff is, I yeah. think, really valuable at the moment. It's the sort of stuff I look for at the moment, too. So much Absolutely. easier to use. Um, are any of you guys interested in the Altered Carbon RPG? I did not know they were coming out with an RPG. I didn't huh? know that either. Well, there you go. That's why we're a news show. Yeah, that's true. So they did a Kickstarter... It was Ooh, either last year back. or the year before. I can't remember when it was exactly. Uh, it might Did, have been 2019, I think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah right. it wasn't 2020, because that would have been much more exciting. So, um, obviously, Autocarbon was a popular, cyber, or is a popular cyberpunk television show. Yes. Uh, and series and of novels, yep. Um, it's on Netflix, I believe, Autocarbon, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Netflix, yeah. yep. Uh, so, the role-playing game Kickstarter a couple of years ago it is now available for pre-order. Mm-hmm. And if you pick it up now, you will get yourself a free PDF when September rolls around. Mm. Well, there you go. And how much would the PDF set you back? I don't know. Okay, There's then. not a thing that I know. Fair enough. No, I'm we sure we'll find out it. in September how much the PDF's being sold for. But at the moment, no. if you if you get the pre-order now, 
mm. of the hardcover, you'll get a free PDF in September. Ah, okay. okay. Then how much is the hardcover going for? Oh, I've just clicked away from it, Peter. God. If only there had been Stop some way to tell <laughs> which direction this line of questioning was heading. Uh, $50, $50 is how much the hardcover's going for. Yeah. $50. Uh, Seems pretty standard, so I'm expecting, I don't know, two, three hundred pages. That's okay. Sort of yeah, there isn't a page count here. I couldn't tell you. No. Okay. Uh, next thing will be telling they can't put the weight on there. <laughs> so there's a new D&D magazine in town. Oh, exciting. It's called Arcadia. It's a digital, it's an e-magazine. Oh, it's uh, Owen Casey Stevens. Do that mm. one, or am I confused? It's from Matt Colville's company, MCDM. Ah. Productions. Right. So they, Matt Colville was um, the person who's done, so far, the biggest mm. tabletop RPG Kickstarter in history, at $2 yeah. million dollars for his followers, Strongholds and Followers Kickstarter. Mm. Yeah. And he followed it up a couple of years later with another million-dollar Kickstarter. Pretty nice. And now he's launched a Patreon for his Arcadia magazine, which currently mm. already has over 5,000 patrons paying sort of between 5 and $10 a month each. Wow. This is one okay. very, very, very successful company. He's done it a couple things. Yeah. Yes. Some <laughs> he, he said like three things, maybe got a YouTube channel, but it'd be really good things. So but e- but really each of those need? three things has done better than most companies do in their entire lifetime. So. <laughs> yeah. impressive. It yeah, is impressive. It is impressive. And it's good quality stuff as well. I like the stuff. I ha- I've, uh, I got sent a copy of Arcadia um, two or three days ago. And I had a glance through it. And it does. It's really nice. The layout's lovely. It's gorgeous. It's, uh, it's four... Uh, the, the magazine's four articles, mm-hmm. uh, and each one of the articles is sort of like five or six to sort of seven or eight pages long. So it's not a super long magazine, but each one's, you know, it's, it's really, really well done. Lovely original art. They've obviously spent money on this, and from what I understand, MCDM also pays writers very well as well. Mm-hmm. I think it has a, a minimum pay rate, which is well, well above the industry standard. Does it does yeah. it feel like a, a Dungeon or a Dragon magazine, or is it more of its own unique thing? It does to me, yeah. I would say it feels like... A, well, it has an adventure in it, and it has three sort of rules articles, so it's like a mixture of the two. Okay. But yeah, it does, it does feel a lot like, like that to me. Arcadia, you said. I, I love those magazines, so, mm. you know, I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if... Uh, because I, I think, like, now they're doing sort of like $25,000 a month on it, I guess, just from the number of patients they've got. I, don't, I couldn't tell you exactly. Yeah. But um, that might mean that they could consider doing a print version of it because it's only an e-magazine at the moment. Ooh. But it's done so well. Yeah. Which I don't imagine was a complete surprise to them, but they, they couldn't necessarily rely on the fact that it would do that well. Yeah. I think would Chris be Ivey's writing for them, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah, I'm I pretty sure he, said, he mentioned Arcadian. So, yeah. Oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah. okay. Mate, last, time, last time we spoke to him on the podcast. Yeah. If okay. I remember correctly, uh, mm. we'll be wrong. But yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds very exciting. It does sound exciting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I did. I like the first issue, so I'll, I'll probably buy the second one at least. You can pick up the issues individually as well for uh, $7, I think, from their shop. Mm. Oh, that's not bad. If you don't want to sign up for the subscription. Yes. Uh, right, that might be it. We might have covered the news. That was quick. Yeah. Um, huh. Have you chaps had any uh, news that you've come, come across your radar? It's no, okay they, if you haven't. They, they've been busy working on Pathfinder Savage Worlds. Yeah. I don't they've know got far more important things to do. Past month or so. Uh, 
that's probably best. Like, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at any news sites or anything like that. Oh, there's a, there's a little, little bit of news about the uh, Gamma trade show. Uh, oh, yes. No, the Origins Game Fair, sorry. Uh, that's okay, been pushed yeah. back until autumn for obvious COVID reasons. That would yeah, normally be earlier in the year. still going ahead, so that's exciting. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know which um, conventions are going ahead this year because uh, I think UK Games Expo is still planned for summer. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine myself going to it. No, not I not at the moment. Yeah. As badly as I want to go back to uh Gen Con, like these big conventions I don't see coming back yeah. for at least another year. No, I don't um, think so either. Which yeah. a lot of them have done, you know, good jobs going virtual and, mm-hmm. and at least giving, you know, presentations and stuff. Uh yeah. Especially ReaperCon did a really good uh virtual one yeah. uh, this past year. So at least there's that to hold over. But yeah, I do miss the conventions. Yeah, yeah. Right, anyway, that is it for the news. We are done. We have finished the news for the week. That was quick. That was quick. It wasn't was a big quick. news week. It never is in January. It's always quiet. It always takes a while to wind back up. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Shall we play our favourite game in all the world? <laughs> well, I've got to say this. There's two very excited looking people. I'm right now. <laughs> I am, yeah. I think, the, I think the word is terrified. <laughs> so this, this is the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. It's more fun than it sounds, I promise. Oh, it sounds pretty brilliant. Shall we start okay. with Peter and you can see how it works? That's, that's yeah, a good this idea. Is, this is how I want to do it, by the way. Just don't do what I did. Yeah. All right then, Peter. Are you ready? Okay. I was born ready. Let's make it happen. What is Limitless Encounters? Mm, Limitless Encounters. It sounds like a... It's actually Limitless Encounters Volume 3, but I don't think the Volume 3 really matters. Mm. So I guess it's the third volume in potentially a zine, because that's quite important. Um, And it's uh, definitely science fiction. Um, Yeah, I'm thinking some sort of far-flung future sort of vibe and it's full of it's keeping it relatively system neutral and is full of exciting space-based encounters that you can like throw straight into your game hmm. not bad so it is full of exciting yeah. encounters that you can throw straight into your game yes. 100 of them in fact but wow. it's for dnd fifth edition no way is it it is. We've got that from Limitless Encounters, never mind. Go yeah, on. so it's 100 pages, one encounter per page, black okay. and white book, wow. and the encounters, they're divided into 10 different environments, so you can choose the sort of location and, and encounter type you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's $15 for the PDF. Pretty, yeah. I, I actually like the idea of that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not bad for 100. Yeah, 100. 100. That's yeah, good 100. What, yeah, it's just little 100 page, one page adventures, basically, isn't it? Little. Uh, Pretty sweet. Not bad at all. Yeah. I was going to go so, for a dating app on that one, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not so much for a D&D D&D dating app pro- product, but, you know, uh, D&D dating app. D&D dating. Limitless encounters. No, no, let's, 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 let's close that line of inquiry and let's see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Peter's already downloading it. Look at that. <laughs> I don't think my wife would like that. 
No, no. probably no. not. She disapproved. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, so, Peter, you got you got it halfway. I'll, I'll give you uh, I'll give you seven points out of fourteen for that. Fantastic, I'm doing well. Yes, on a on a classic one to fourteen scale. Yeah, yeah. Has, has been a, we're not well known for. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. who would like to go next? I'll go next. I'm pretty excited for this. Nice. Okay. Okay then. Are you ready? I believe you got this. What is Rune and Steel? Uh, well, Rune and Steel definitely feels uh fantasy to me. A little less sci-fi with the uh, the Rune aspect there. Um, I am going to guess it is a supplement to expand on magic items, uh, or specialized artifacts for either uh, fifth edition style games or another. Uh, more generic fantasy setting. Hmm. I'm going to guess well, it's the first entry in whatever line of books it is. It's quite, it's quite a detailed guess. <laughs> I, I give you a point for making such a detailed guess. Unfortunately, right <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, it's an incorrect detailed guess, but it's a good, it's a good guess. So what this is is it's a Viking Age RPG. Of course. And it, an original system, and it highlights the society and mythology of that world. And it's created by a father and son team. Ooh. Man, oh. I was so far off on that one. Uh, it was quite cool. Um, it's uh, a core rule book. Uh, it's eighty dollars for the hardcover. It's not a cheap core rule book. Uh, the front, the front art. I like the art on the front cover. You've got a nice sort of Viking, a vi- nice Viking man who appears to have just killed some kind of knight. Right. Okay. As That's Vikings are wont to do, okay. yeah. So uh, yeah, you got you get one point for your detailed guess there, oh, um, oh, Mike. Which uh... <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good shot. I mean, yeah. Uh, so so, Chris, it's your turn. Uh-oh. No pressure. <laughs> I, I don't want okay. to any pressure, Chris, but it is possible to score minus a million points. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something to strive for. <laughs> exactly. Think big. Go big or go home. So, what is? Mythos Monsters. I mean, this is actually quite an easy one, I think. Really? Right? Really? Look at, look at really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, just a, I, I'm just a messenger, and I did ask who wanted to go first. Maybe. And you I go through them in order. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is sort of a guess, but I'm, I'm going to say it's got something to do with monsters. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, I, I think there's a high likelihood that it's a D&D 5E product. Uh, and there's some very special monsters in there. And uh, I got no idea. That's, that's, that's my best guess. That's pretty much it. I mean, there, there isn't much more to say about it. It is a 72-page full-color book of 5E monsters. The only bit you miss is the mythos part. It's uh, based on um, the writings of Lovecraft. Uh, Cthulhu. Why are you waving a cat, Peter? Because I want people to know why there is a black snake doing a sinuous impression in front of me. (laughs) Uh, What what I find um, amusing is his answer could have just been, it's a book about Mythos monsters, and it would have just still worked 100%. You could have just repeated the title back, and it would have been a correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. I should have gone with, it's a book about things involving runes and steel, you know? <laughs> and that would have been a better guess. It, it would have. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, I, I so, the game, uh, it's like saying, like, the, the, the better the title is, the easier it is to guess what it is. If you say, this is what the title is, like, oh, that's really good. And then you're like... Oh. 
Oh, anyway, the only, the only thing you didn't get there was the vitals part. So I'll give you 70 points out of 100 there, Chris. So uh, that means I think you are the winner this week of our well, favourite game in all the world, the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is in just the name. So congratulations. Wow, thank you. What do I get besides bragging rights? Well, you get That's the uh, metaphorical t- uh, trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Uh, oh, I love those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Oh, congratulations. You can put that on your shelf alongside all your other trophies. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, we have arrived at the secret entrance to the dingy mountain. Behold, the hidden elf door. Right, well, jolly good. Open the door then, wizard, and we'll be on our way. It's not that simple, friend fighter. The password is hidden behind a deceptive riddle. A riddle? Oh, yes. The ancient elven enchanters who created this portal sought to bar entry to all but the most worthy. And by most worthy, they meant those who could answer a riddle. That is famously the metric of moral fortitude used in the ancient elven society of Kalorinfin Golgindulfor. What? Calorin thin Golgindulfor. Hmm, catchy. Okay, so what's what's in the riddle? Let me see. Ah, there it is. Written right up there on the top of the door in big glowing letters. Verily so, for it is written in ancient Elvish. And what does it say? It says, speak, friend, then enter. Huh, well, that seems easy enough. Easy? Easy? It's a riddle so deceptive that I must ponder upon it long into the night. Really? It seems pretty easy to me. Just say friend in Elvish. <laughs> My dear fellow, if it were that easy, anybody could pass through this portal. No, no, no. That's not it. I'm pretty sure it is. All you have to do is say the word and the door will open. No, it's not speak friend. It's speak comma friend. The comma there is very important. That's not a comma. That's a bird dropping. What? Are you sure? It looks like a comma to me. I know pigeon droppings when I see them, and that, my friend wizard, is the remains of a pigeon's last meal. That comma has confounded sages for a thousand years. (laughs) Glad I could help. Well, that changes everything. So I just have to say, friend, and the door will open. Looks like it. What's friend in ancient Corinthingo-Gindolphorian? It is Melon. Oh, okay, hang on. Right. <clears throat> melon! Friend fighter, the door, verily it opens, the way is clear. <laughs> you know, these ancient elves could really learn a little bit about password security. Password security. What are these arcane words of which you speak? Well, friend isn't very secure, is it? Especially if you put the password in right there on the door. Not secure? Not secure? It was enchanted by the greatest elves of the 14th age. Well, it couldn't get much easier to guess. The password is 1234. But it has deceived intruders for aeons. Look, a password should have at least... One Eldritch Rune, at least one Dwarvish Sigil, 
and a glyph from the Age of the Immortals, and that's the bare minimum. Well, at least it's written in Elvish. Ooh, Elvish. Like there's nobody around who speaks Elvish. Oh, apart from at least half of our friends and that bloke you met down the pub last night, and there's three elves just in our party. Oh, yes. I suppose that is true. And for that matter, friend is only six characters long. It should be eight at minimum. Well, anyway, it worked out in our favour. Let us pass through the portal into the darkness and hope that's the only security they have. Friend Wizard? What is it? I don't think that was the only security they have. What do you mean? They have a cave troll! Ah! This podcast malarkey is quite good fun. True. We do get to talk to interesting people. They are very interesting, and we've had all sorts. Big names, old and new. But how do we know who to talk to? Well, sometimes our patrons give us suggestions. What, so we try and get the people they want us to talk to on? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, and obviously they get the fullest version of the podcast. The fullest? They do? Yeah, yeah, you know, all the funny stories and random jokes and digressions. Really? People are missing out on those? Well, they're not news, are they? Oh, come on, but that's all my favourite bits. How can you avoid missing out? Ah, uh, well, that's easy. Uh, so, just become a perfectly proper podcast patron. Perfectly proper podcast patron? What? How? Well, you head along to patreon.com slash morris and subscribe there. Oh, well, how much does that cost? $50 a month? You'd think. I mean, it's certainly worth $50 a month, but oh, yeah. uh, just a dollar. Is it? Mate, that's like 25 cents an episode. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Ah, patreon.com.morris. M-O-R-R-U-S. M-O-R-R-U-S. Cheers. I'll check that out. Right. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about, um, let's, let's talk about you guys now, shall we? Ooh, yes, let's. Yeah. It's so, something that I've been very excited about. I don't know. Pathfinder for Savage Worlds, a, a bombshell of announcement that just landed late last year. Took me completely by surprise. I was like, what? No, I misread that. That's not right. But no, I had not misread it. You are, in fact, making a Savage Worlds version of Pathfinder. I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for it because I'm actually a really big fan of Savage Worlds. I did a lot of games in Deluxe Edition. And whenever I needed to do something, that was my go-to edition for quite some time. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm getting back into the latest version, which is Adventurer's Edition, like starting next week, in fact. I've got I've got some players lined up. I've got my setting lined up. It's all about dwarves. It's going to be pretty sweet. Dwarves. dwarves. The whole setting's about dwarves? Or the- yeah, pretty much. Dwarves <laughs> delving in the deep. Like, you, you remember, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, like, they find that, there's like been a whole bunch of dwarves that went to Moria. And it's like, well, what happened to these guys? Oh, well, well, they got eaten by a barrel. Is what happened to them? <laughs> it, 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 it did work out super well for them. Absolutely. So it's like, yeah. well, yeah, there's, no, there's no, there's no mystery about what happened to those dwarves. It's <laughs> oh, fun to find everyone dead. All right, let's leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can beat those dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> you can be dead dwarves. Or... <laughs> 
But, but I thought I'd use Savage Worlds rather than D&D because I also like the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay because it's just me. I can have things like organ guns and flamethrowers and um, the Dwarven Mobility Device, which will have something Pintle mounted. I'm not quite sure what it will be, but it's going to have a Pintle mount. It's going to be in use. <laughs> anyway, let's talk, let's talk Savage Pathfinder. It's not actually called Savage Pathfinder, is it? That's just the name that everybody seems to be using but, online. It's Pathfinder for Savage Worlds, is that right? That's the official title, Pathfinder for Savage Worlds, but we do call it Savage Pathfinder for short. And oh, I feel fine you. using that one. Okay, yeah, then. Yeah. Good, good, good. So how did this How did this happen? Did Paizo approach you? Did you approach Paizo? Whose idea was this? Because I'm trying to imagine the, 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 the way something like this could actually come about. Because it's not an obvious thing to have happened to say, oh, we've got this really popular adventure path, Rise of the Rune Lords. Let's do it in Savage Worlds. I mean, like, when you say it, it's like, oh, that's genius. But, like, it's not the first... But I guess that's why it's genius, because it's not the first thing that springs to mind. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know who approached whom first, but what I do know is that there was, you know, a lot of back and forth uh, in which Paizo has... I mean, they have a deep library of adventure paths, mm. right? A- everything aside with all the good stuff they do, their adventure paths are brilliant. Uh, I know there was a back and forth, at least uh, between them and Shane, if not uh, other people uh, with Paizo as well, just as how to bring the adventure paths, you know, into mm. other systems and introduce it. Because we're all one big community, right? So whether it's it's people who play Pathfinder learning another system or people who play another system learning all these Pathfinder adventure paths and such, mm. it's good both ways, right? Mm. You know, it brings us together. And so um, from there, it was just, uh, you know, from what I know, a, a collection of uh, you know, meeting together and presenting, you know, what would be done to make sure you hold true to Paizo's vision, um, which I think we're we're doing here. Uh, and yeah, that's that's how it, it came about, where it got to merge, and you know, everybody is going to get to enjoy some some epic slaying in the world of Galarian. Hmm. So you're starting with Rise of the Rune Lords, like 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 you said, but there's also, I believe, a core rule book as well. Yep. Yep, How does right. that work? So it's uh, the core rulebook is a Savage Worlds rulebook. It's Savage Worlds Adventure Edition, uh, but adapted to work better with the Pathfinder adventure paths, uh, like Rise of the Rune Lords that, that you just mentioned, the first one. And so the core mechanics and everything are still Savage Worlds. If you're a Savage Worlds player, it'll be very familiar to you. But we're bringing in lots of elements uh, of Pathfinder, as Mike said, and uh, I look at it as a, a synthesis where, you know, we're pulling those things together and uh, making sure that, that the flavor is there, that the feel is there mm. uh, for Pathfinder using the Savage Worlds rule system. Uh, I don't mm. know how else to describe it, but that's, that's certainly <laughs> yeah. how, what we're trying to do. Uh, I'm, I can see for Savage Worlds, like, edges in place of feats is pretty much a no-brainer. That's yeah. In fact, I, if I'm explaining to people coming from more D&D background, I say... Yeah, edges are like feats, and the more of them you get, the better. So, yeah, that, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know it's got a really smooth transition, right? Because you advance as a as a character in in Savage Worlds, and you know you can you know you can bump some skills, or you can up an attribute, or you can take an edge. And so, a lot of people coming from Pathfinder who are used to it are going to be like, oh, well, I get a feat, or I get you know an attribute increase. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it it does fit very well and line up in those ways. Hmm. All right, we have a couple of questions from listeners. Just quickly whip those out before we carry on. 
so the first question is from uh, Mark Langworthy, uh, who says he's really looking forward to this. Uh, he asks, is there any insight on how the team are handling an extended campaign like this using the Savage Worlds advancement? So, yes. <laughs> I, I promise I won't stop there. No, yeah. it, it's funny because, you know, we were doing some play testing last night. And as you know, uh, whenever you're doing game design, it's an evolving art, right? Things mm-hmm. change. So first, let me start by, you know, saying for, for anything I say and Chris says, it is subject to change, right? Just for the, the good of the game. Um, but as of right now, uh, as we talk the uh, Rise of the Rune Lords adventure path, they originally provided a guideline for which people would level up, you know, where they'd reach, you know, 12th level, 18th level, what have you. Uh, we're doing something very similar in which we're going to uh, let the GM know when to advance their players, when to get their next advancement. It follows very close to what you would expect in which early on, you're advancing probably once a session, like most play groups will. Uh, and as you go on, and the uh, the adventures become, or the the sections of the adventure become more uh, in depth, whether it's investigation uh, or exploration. You know, maybe it's like two sessions in between every advance. Um, but it's in a way that you're going to naturally get the feel of this this epic arc because it will be a, a longer campaign than I think a lot of mm. uh, Savage Worlds players are used to because it's just such a, a grander scale. Mm. Yeah, like because yeah. I think it's over the scale of what fifteen sessions you'd ascend to from novice to legendary. From novice to legendary is the plan. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which so, is yeah, and, and normally quite, quite a differentiation in power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Pathfinder Adventure Path tends to be six adventures, and each yeah. adventure is quite a solid chunk of play in itself, mm. isn't it? So they are they are quite dense. You are not mm. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so like, why, why 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 Rise of the Rune Lords? Why did you pick that one in particular? Rise of the so Rise of the Rune Lords is I, I mean i think it was the first really big one they did yeah. uh and not only is it the first in an arc uh the second one of course is curse of the crimson throne one of my favorite campaigns of all time um but it's it delves so much also into the world of galarian you get this huge uh uh backstory of what happened before all these original empires were built you've got the the iconic uh, bad guy wanting to do bad things because I don't want to give too much away, mm-hmm. uh, as well as giving you uh, a glimpse of a nice section of the inner sea uh, with, again, mm-hmm. just a lot of story around it. And one of the things I love about the Paizo modules that's especially involved here is you end up uh, running into a lot of these NPCs uh, mm-hmm. that you get to build these greater relationships with because mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're so involved uh, with the town and with how much you care about what's going on here, uh, that as they become reoccurring characters, you know, your players and your party gets attached to them and now you wants to protect them or defeat them or, or what have you. And so it's just, it's such a powerful module in terms of achieving all the things it wants to achieve. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I played that, oh, a long, it was a really long time ago. I think like 10 years ago? At least yeah, 10 I years ago. Yeah, it was around 2008 it came out. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Was so, that yeah, the it's... one that that came out before the Pathfinder game came out? Was that that one? I I don't know. Now I there was a, um it probably wasn't. I'm probably misremembering my timeline, sir. So. Yeah. No. I've I've played uh, Pathfinder since it was originally a floppy beta book. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's it's had a a big 
path of, of expanding since then. Yeah. Um, and this is just a great place to start. Sure. So, Chris, a minute ago, uh, you mentioned that you were bringing some sort of Pathfinder conceits into the core rules. Ooh. Could you maybe sort of elaborate on that a little and give us a couple of examples of what, what you brought from Pathfinder to the core rule set to make it more Pathfinder-esque? Sure. I mean, I, I would ask Mike to chime in too, because we work Ooh. on this stuff a lot together. Um, but, I mean, the first one that comes to mind, and I'm sure is maybe a question on your list somewhere, would be Ooh. about classes. So, mm. you know, Pathfinder has classes. Uh, Savage Worlds does not have classes. But we wanted to preserve that feel, and it's, there's very important reasons for that, I think. But we've done it the way that, that Peter was talking about, where we have a class edge. Right. So we're using the Savage Worlds mechanics, the edge, but we're creating class edges that that align very well with uh, how Pathfinder would design their their eleven uh, core edges in, in first right, edition, yeah. first edition yeah. Pathfinder. So there's now you know there's a, a druid edge and a wizard edge and a barbarian mm-hmm. edge, and each of those edges has uh, some special qualities about it that you can't get. Uh, Otherwise, in Savage Worlds, you know, oh. you, it's something special and unique to that particular class edge. Yeah. Um, and, and like and, an edge, a skill tree almost. So yeah, like once you've yep. taken the novice version, then you can, that exactly. unlocks access take, to the later versions. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yep. You take, you take the base edge and then you unlocks uh, a seasoned edge and a veteran edge and a heroic edge uh, and so forth as, as you progress, as you advance. Hmm. So, um, I mean, that's the first thing I think of when you ask a question like that, because it's, it's yeah. you know, fairly high it's profile. Fairly cool. yeah, it's yeah. a pretty big thing. Yeah. 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 That's a good example. I mean, there's other things too. There's uh, a couple that come to mind and one of them mm-hmm. would be like special materials, uh, that mm-hmm. you might make armor out of or weapons. And so things like mithril, uh, dragon hide armor, things like that, that, don't exist in Savage Worlds Adventure Edition, but we're bringing in and incorporating into the core rules. So, Ooh. you know, and, and building building some Savage Worlds Adventure Edition mechanics into to make sure that they work, uh, you know, well with the rest of the system. Uh, I'm going to pause there, and I'm sure Mike has ideas too. So, <laughs> yeah, I know I Mike mean, has ideas. Uh, yes. So along with. Uh, the class edges and the, the trees that you're going to have uh, to go down. We've also got prestige edges, right? That's going to mimic those prestige classes like Arcane Trickster, uh, okay. Assassin, uh, Lore Master, yeah, yeah. things like that. Um, so anybody who has followed any of the iconic stuff that you can do in Pathfinder classes will have something there for them. Uh, in in terms of things we're pulling over... Uh, I mean, anybody who, who has followed Pathfinder will say, I think they have like seven or nine bestiaries right now. Uh, while we're not going to be that massive by any means, uh, we do have uh, quite a few monsters that pull from you know their wide assortment of creatures. Uh, they'll be different than the standard Savage Worlds enemies. So, you know, Savage Worlds has a dragon, mm-hmm. but Pathfinder has dragons, you know? So yeah, you're going to see a yeah. lot of the bigger ones there, the iconic colors. And then, you know, just... Magic items. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magic items, uh, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, magic items are a big one, right? From the uh, the handy haversack to the Vorpal Blade mm. uh, and everything in between. We're, we're trying to capture the feel 
uh, for all of these things and bring them. So, to it's, so it's about sort of like the implied setting. Yes, very much. Yeah, so. and all the, all the stuff that came from D and D through Pathfinder and now into now into Savage Worlds. It's all that sort of background. Right. Those like common terms that everybody knows about. Everybody knows what a bag of holding is, for example, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Yeah. There, yep. There's also been mm-hmm. uh, an expanse of powers because, for you know, most of you know Savage Worlds. Rather than uh, having all of the different varieties of, you know, a, a magical missile flying at somebody, whether it's magic missile or acid arrow, uh, Savage Worlds implores Bolt, right, which covers it. And you can do a lot of modifiers. Um, and so we've put a lot of work to uh, Don, who who's, you know, not on here today. He, he's done a lot of work with this uh, to make sure that we're, we're going to be able to capture all of the uh, iconic spells within these powers. And for those that we can't, uh, such as like planar binding, you know, we're we're making sure to add uh, or wish, which I think has been his uh, his, wow. his greatest <laughs> challenge so far. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> because in the end, you know, Savage Worlds has, I mean, a lot of worlds, right? There's there's a yep. bunch of licensees who make brilliant, brilliant mm. uh, settings uh, with a lot of fun things going on. You have all of the the Savage Worlds core settings like Deadlands. Um, yeah. You know, and so Solomon Kane, Mars eighteen eighty nine, Goon, like they're, they're, yeah. they do a lot of great ones. Um, and so <laughs> this is this is along East those Texas. lines, right? You've, yeah, ETU, another good one. Yeah. But this is this is another one where you've too. got yeah. the Pathfinder, or you've got the Savage Worlds mechanics. But what it's all about is getting into Galarian, getting into that Pathfinder world, getting into mm. those epic stories that it has, and being able to play them there. So a lot of what you're going to see is the mechanics you're familiar with, but you're going to explore all the new stuff involved. Hmm. I think it's kind of interesting for a moment. Obviously, you can't speak for Paizo, but just kind of imagining how it works from Paizo's point of view, that they kind of look at their big, big catalogue of IP. And a lot of that, I mean, obviously, they've got the rule set, but a lot of that is story-based adventure paths. And it's the thing they're probably most famous for. And sort of realizing that those adventure paths can be used in different systems and different and used in different ways. That IP can be sort of accessed by entirely new audiences, I guess, that wouldn't normally experience Rise of the Rune Lords or any of the others. That, that's exactly right. I mean, there's something that I had captured early on when I got involved in the project from, from Shane Hensley was something for me as a guiding principle for what we're doing, and that's. We want Savage Worlds players to be able to experience the Pathfinder adventure paths mm. in a rule system they're comfortable with, right? So mm. it's exactly what you were just talking about right there. And letting people experience that cool Pathfinder world, Galarian, and mm. the adventures with the Savage Worlds system. So mm. you know, we, that's exactly what we've been talking about these past what, 10 minutes or so. And you know, I keep that in mind all the time when we're when we're doing stuff. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's such wonderful flavor with the Galarian I've been mm-hmm. finding just in the Pathfinder 2 game that I've been in, but like the chance to explore that with a fast, furious, and fun rule set, which I know it's the like the description of it, but I've yet to find a better way to describe a Savage Worlds game. It is fast, furious, and fun. And that's certainly where I like to play. Yeah. Deadly. There's so <laughs> one thing that I'm kind of curious about. Sorry, carry on. I was yeah. just going to say we had a death last night in one of our play tests. So, uh, <laughs> I think that will probably be a bit of a surprise for potentially Pathfinder players <laughs> coming and trying out Savage Worlds, <laughs> which is that 
sometimes the dice just keep on acing and exploding, and so does your character. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that's certainly been my experience at conventions. I play through like about three, four hours, and I get into the last 10 minutes, and then some goblin comes and one shots me. I'm like, oh. I, I hope, if anything, uh, that Pathfinder players take away to you know anybody listening. There's, it's a great system to explore. So if you're used to to playing Galarian and you're just you know you want to take a peek at another system and how things work, it's it's so interesting and so much fun. Uh, you know, you'll sit there and and we all love the uh, you know I roll ten d six for my fireball uh, mm. and watch either a room go up in blaze or lament all of my ones. Um, well, the same thing can happen, right? Where you roll uh, an attack and it's like, oh, I did nothing. I'll spend a Benny to re-roll it. And all of a sudden you're doing like 37 damage. Uh, mm. and the player's just like, what just happened? Uh, yeah. So you've got yeah. those same like rises and falls that are just so much fun to experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you've got kind of uh, Savage Worlds fans are going to start yeah. experiencing Paizo's Adventure Paths through this. Do you think there's going to be much of a movement the other way as well, like Pathfinder fans kind of discovering Savage Worlds? Is that a thing that you think is going to happen? I, yeah, without a doubt. So I uh, I played, like I said, I've played Pathfinder for yeah. you know, over a decade now. Um, and, and I've had several groups. And the, the difficult point uh, for starting a new game for all of my players, because I GM uh, a lot, has mm. been either uh, a purchasing of you know 30 books uh, or b having to learn a whole new rule rule set and get as invested because yeah. you know the, a big part of it is getting invested in the setting and the players or the characters and all that good stuff. Um, so I think with a middle ground, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who kind of like you were like, oh, I played you know Rise of the Rune Lords ages ago. I think I remember what happens. And this is a great way for them to be able to check out a new uh, a system while still going, oh, yeah, I know all the gods, I know all the cities, I know the continents. This is really easy. And so I think it's a good entry point in both directions. Yeah. Well said. Is, I, it, I couldn't say it any better. Pick up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a quick system to pick up, but it's got a lot, of, um, a lot of complexity. I think it's like the base system is really pretty simple, but it's the edges. It's the edges which really... Mm. That's where it really shines. Yeah. Are you keeping hindrances as well? Yes. Mm, yeah. Good. Uh, so, so again, uh, in terms of we talked about the class edges, mm. but if you're a Savage Worlds player, you can create your character very much like you would in the regular Savage Worlds core rulebook. You don't have to take the class edge if you don't want to. Although I think oh. you probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you don't have to, so you can design it the way you want, and you can choose your hindrances and design your character just like you always would. So uh, that that's something important to me, and I think to all of us that that both of those things are true. You can play a class like you would in Pathfinder and play it much like that. Build the edges, you know, unlock the new the new edges at each rank and all that kind of stuff. Or you can build your character from scratch and do it the way you want, and mm-hmm. you know, design your own hedge magic user, you know, however you want to do it. Yeah. So what's what's the longer term plan then? So you've got Rise of the Rune Lords coming up on Kickstarter, launching next week. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, is is the core rulebook at the same time? Is it part of that Kickstarter? Yes. Yeah. So there's there's two box sets. So is in in the long term though, have you got more, are you planning on working your way through Paizo's catalogue or is it, is it just seeing how this one goes and then, and then moving on from there. You know, I, 
I, I think with as with any Kickstarter or any product, I think a good part of it does go into how good the the Kickstarter does yeah. <laughs> and how much people want it. Now, yeah. personally, you know, I, I think it's a very awesome set of adventures that Paizo yeah. has, even just in this chain. Uh, so I would very much love to continue uh, and get people to see all of the stuff that that you know evolves from just Rise of the Rune Lords, because um, even the the follow up uh, campaign in the the series, mm-hmm. you know, while it doesn't take place in the exact same location, uh, it takes place nearby, and there's some lo- uh, locale overlap. Yeah, you know, where you can actually, uh, if your group plays, you can be like, oh, and this, you know, is slightly different because of the actions your party took in the previous one. And I think, you know, for me, that's always an exciting aspect to go, oh, we're playing through this next module, we're playing through this next story, but I get to see the impact I had. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I definitely think people should be able to experience that. You know, I want to experience that. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I hope so as well. Just like the idea of just like going through the entire back catalogue those adventure path sounds amazing oh yeah and i mean let's you know i let's be honest i, I so i've had a, a peek at the uh kickstarter page as it's been getting built mm. uh, and i won't i won't give out uh, any spoilers here but for anybody who has ever seen uh, a pg uh kickstarter you're you're definitely going to get more more than what you're paying for uh, <laughs> they do such good deals mm. um and this is you know i'm not i'm not a full-time employee there so i'm not i'm not pitching for myself here uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I am, I am super excited. And from the moment I found out about this, you know, we just even talking about working on the project, hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I've been so excited for everything and, you know, the talks we've had about, you know, what can we add that people will be excited for? Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, it's going to be an epic Kickstarter. Well, let's talk about that Kickstarter then. So the core product, as much as you can share is a box set. Can you describe what this box set is? What we're, what we're getting? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, as Mike said, the, you know, the Kickstarter is coming up at yeah. least uh, as of this recording. Yeah, uh, Tuesday, I believe, in fact, isn't it? T- Tuesday the 19th. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the the box set, it would be a core rule book. Right. Um, the, I believe the Bestiary will be in the core set. Nice. Ooh, I didn't realize that was so. in there too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and a uh, GM screen adventure. So there'll be a short Ooh. introductory adventure, which is also uh, mm-hmm. from the Paizo IP. Um, Hollow's Last Hope is, is the current, is what yeah. we're working on. So yeah. that, that's yeah, an I'm adventure familiar with that one. Yeah. from yeah. around the same time, around 2007, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to spoil but, everything that's in the Kickstarter, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, that's why I was being a little cautious there too. Yeah. I, I will say because uh, I've, you know, like I said, we've had these conversations. What you can add into it, mm-hmm. and this exact conversation uh, came up between uh, uh, me and uh, one of the other guys, where I said, "Hey, can we add this?" And he's like, "There's no more room. We can't fit anything." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I said. If you yeah. look back over any of the other Kickstarters, you'll see they have these big boxes to go with the box set. Mm. And it's like, can we cram, you know, another millimeter of something in there? Into that box, uh, yeah. You know, whether it's it's handouts or, you know, mm-hmm. the bennies that they always add in. You know, yeah. it's one of those, right? It's just an epic mm. box. Yeah. And then uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, of course, covers uh, the entire set. Uh, we're doing... So, for those of you who know... Um, Rise of the Rune Lords came out 
twice for Paizo, right? It's it's that good. Uh, <laughs> it came out in the original six-book set, mm-hmm. uh, and then they did uh, an anniversary edition, which is a, mm. a, a single very large hardback book. Um, what we've mm. done is, just because there's so much information packed into it, uh, to make it a little bit easier, we've, we've gone back to that six-book series. So you're going to have six smaller books, a little bit easier uh, to handle, at least in my opinion. Uh, I like the smaller ones better because I break books. Uh, don't ask how I do, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So you'll have the six book series in. You know, you'll have all the information. You'll have all the town locations. Um, so it, it's it's a big adventure box for for Rise of the Rune Lords itself. Uh, so yeah, you've got those those two going in. So they're both both of those box sets are both in the Kickstarter. Yeah, at the same yeah, time. And it yeah. Won't be you have to get them both. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure there's. But they're a, both part of that Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who just want to explore the core, you know, right now. But, but you're you're definitely able to get both. And and again, it's it's just a ton of stuff that you can wait to show up at your doorstep hmm. um, and just be filled with joy, right? It's fair. I've got to say, I'm very excited about the concept of having um, fancy adventure stuff available because I've I looked at science fiction supplements, the uh, fantasy supplements before, but like, it's not, it's not really had anything that excited me, but getting a whole extra set of veggies, a whole extra set of magic items and a bestiary as well, which I do appreciate. I like a good bestiary to run monsters in. That's that, that th- these alone are like a really powerful selling thing from the Savage Worlds GM sort of view. And then having like this really well known and highly reputed adventure path as well that's that 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 is sounds like a really killer opportunity though yeah you know the the other oh sorry go ahead chris no i I was just going to compliment you mike actually because uh seriously please go ahead then yeah yeah the the rise of the rune lords i mean mike has spearheaded that yeah he's Mm. done most of the conversion and he leads our play testing and all that and uh it's been extremely fun to play uh, mm. and, um, you know, I, I would encourage people to, to, to get both if, if mm. you're interested in it, mm. because you're going to be able to jump right in. It's going to be all ready for you to go. And, you know, you, you could play the introductory adventure if you wanted, and you could mm. use the, the, you know, the core rules, but if you get rise of the rune Lords, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of fun. And, mm. and again, I, I wanted to compliment Mike because he's done an extraordinary job making that, making that work. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I was going to say, so playing, you know, several systems, um, Savage Worlds, I think, is one the most where both, you know, I and a lot of GMs I know will pull from different books, mm-hmm. you know, or different settings into the same one. And so, you know, even for people who aren't going to stick with, uh, you know, the, the Galarian setting and just want mm-hmm. like, there is so much in the way of like uh, traps, you know. Spoiler alert! Uh, <laughs> there, you know, there's, really? there's traps, traps you and, and and new monsters and and magic items and all that. You know, in both the core book and Rise of the Rune Lords, that they're they're just good, you know, source books. Good um, stuff. Yeah. You know, 
And and even going through, you know, Rise of the Rune Lords right now, I'll look at some of these, you know, traps and such and can't help but kind of giggle to myself uh, <laughs> as, as I make sure, you know, I, I, I keep them as they're they're meant to be, adjust them into Savage Worlds, yeah. and I just sit there and giggle uh, and, and, you know, hope to get hated on a little bit uh, as I hear characters <laughs> die on, you know, online. Oh, so, uh, I'm, sure they'll, I'm sure they'll save themselves by saving their pennies and I, you know, I don't know. I've, I've watched some play tests and uh, people can be really ruthless on the whole save yourself aspect. Mm. <laughs> so I've got, I've got another listener question here. Uh, this is from Jean Slade. And uh, Jean mm. wants to know, uh, says, I'm really stoked for this. What mm. was the most difficult thing to bring over from Pathfinder into Savage Worlds? Mm. You want to take a stab at this one, Chris? Uh, that's a, I mean, I could think of a couple right off the bat, but my mind immediately goes back to classes. Mm. Um, we've gone, we've gone through various iterations of how this, what is now a class edge will work. Mm, um, yeah. and again, uh, in an effort to make sure it feels right. Um, and that if you're playing that class, it feels like you're playing that class, but it still works in the savage world's mechanics and savage world's rule system Hmm. to me that's been a a very interesting challenge but uh, from that's the first thing that came to mind when when you read that question i don't know (laughs) feels the same way uh magic is is another thing but that's the classes are the first thing that came yeah you know i you you make a very very good point there we spent quite a few conversations on on several versions of how classes are going to work um, I think outside of classes for me, it's it's definitely encounter builds, not uh, mm. creatures, right? Because yeah. they're they're reasonably, I wouldn't say easy, but they're they're reasonably straightforward in how to do it. But when you're going from uh, a level 18 fighter with uh, 180 hit points uh, to a you know 14 advanced fighter with three wounds. Mm. Um, there's mm. a, a bit of yeah. uh, of art, yeah. as, as Shane has put it, that goes into it to, to make it work. So that yeah. kind of ties yeah. into I, I, the next listener question I have here. And uh, yeah. this is from Ian Waddle. Sorry. Sorry to um, this listener if I pronounce their name wrong. Waddle? Uh, who wants to know, um, is, is, is there um, any difference in the power curve between the two systems? I think yes. that ties into what you were yes. just saying. Without yeah, exactly. a doubt, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, now, you know, that's that's not to say there's anything wrong with the, the power curve in, in Pathfinder. I love playing, you know, high-level wizards that uh, destroy entire towns in one go. Um, but because of the way that uh, Savage Worlds works, mm. you're going to see less of this this huge leap, right? So goblins will, without a doubt, be weaker than a dragon. Right, they're mm, they're mm. never going to go toe to toe. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we have to make sure that with only some edges and with gear, you're still able to, at a certain point, fight a dragon. Mm. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Savage Worlds also does a lot of encounters where you have, uh, for those of you who don't know, a term extras. Right. Where you've you've got these these guys who go down with a a single solid hit, and then one or two wild cards that that help mm. keep things going and, and make the threat ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the power uh, won't be in the uh, fact that they have a strength of, you know, 45 and do 76 damage. It'll be more in that they're harder to hurt mm-hmm. or they've got these supernatural abilities 
uh, or you know they've got this swarm of underlings that you have to kind of fight through, uh, different things like that to make the overall encounter tougher without necessarily having the same power jump uh, or spike that you're you're going to see in. in yeah. Uh, so so, so so the power is not in the numbers themselves. It's, right. Yeah. 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 That makes yeah, sense. And that's been uh, the you know one of the difficult things with it too is is you know you start out with uh, a formula that works for like all of these monsters first through uh, you know CR one third through like mm-hmm. CR seven, uh, but once you get to CR uh, fourteen or something you're looking at it and it's like all right well I can't do the same formula because that no longer mm-hmm. works here, uh, and so that's when you know again uh, to to quote Shane some of the art comes in where you sit there mm-hmm. and go okay. Let's get in this, and what is the intent behind what Paizo put into this? And you go, okay, yeah. once you find the intent, you're able to bring it over and help make the, you know, powered down Savage Worlds version feel the way they wanted it to feel. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. I think one of the, probably the hardest thing for me to deal with myself would have been um, ranged combat, because you've probably got like about a 50% chance of shooting a character at level one. And that's going to stay the same even as you go up and up the levels. Like, they may be able to take an edge or two, but, you know, it's, it's largely 50% all the way. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, my gaming group for Pathfinder, we, uh, mm-hmm. we, we do the, the house rule where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have these, these chances of hitting all your buddies when you're shooting into combat because, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we love hurting each other, right? That's, that's half the fun for uh, one of our groups. <laughs> <laughs> You know that that doesn't come up as as much in in the Savage Worlds version, and mm-hmm. you know not to get in too much into the mechanics, you know, but you only have to hit the uh, the target number four. But the real, I think, the real depth of tactics, especially with range, comes into the players who once you get in, you're like, all right, well, I hack and slash some goblins, I'm fine, and you're like, I shoot them. I miss. Why do I keep missing? Oh, they took cover, and you start thinking, "Oh no, Ooh. what do I need to do to start, you know, countering these range tactics?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Whether it's from an enemy casting bolt, you know, Ooh. or shooting at you with a composite bow, stuff like that. Uh, so oh, you yeah, just gotta yeah. get used to these different tactics to make life difficult. Oh, oh, absolutely. Shoot, I was thinking. Cover. I was thinking more from the point of view like you're a player. You start off with like parry five, parry six, parry seven. You get shield. You're like parry nine. Someone has to roll a nine on a d6 to hit me. I'm feeling pretty safe, mm-hmm. but the goblin with the bow still needs a four. Yeah, and it's like ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I shoot and then take cover, or cast oh. my power and then take cover, you know, now I've got yeah. that cover bonus, like Mike, Mike was talking um, about, and so and that that, TM, that, that target number four is, you know, suddenly a six or yeah, no. or my, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite is uh, I, I have run. I run quite a few play tests uh, on this and without a doubt, I would say 80% of the ones I have run players have opted not to exclude other heroes in their area of effect powers. Um, (laughs) Whether it's because they forgot you could do it or they didn't want to spend the PowerPoint uh, without a doubt, at least 80% of them have at least tagged one person with a blast and entangle. Uh, Chris got hit with one of those in a play test where his barbarian was spending half the combat breaking free and then just stuck in one place, swinging at zombies around her. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 very entertaining to watch. Yeah. So how involved is Paizo in the whole process? Is there quite a lot of back and forth, or do they just kind of leave you to it and just trust you to get on with it? Um, 
That's a good question. I'm not sure either of us are qualified to answer that question. <laughs> you know, the, what I what I know from from some chit chat uh, is that uh, you know this this is mostly just all us, right? But what we do sure. get sent back for approval um, because mm-hmm. what we're doing we're not creating uh, our own stories or anything like that, right? We're just using theirs and we're taking you know their mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, so they do give approval and we say, hey, this is what we want to do. Uh, is that cool? And then, you know, they'll give back the, the thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, and then Chris and I basically get the, yep, keep doing what you're doing, uh, or let's change this. Uh, but overall, our interaction, I think, has been very minimal, uh, yeah. if non-existent, with Paizo. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so the Kickstarter is launching on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You can pick up two box sets, one with the core rules, bestery, GM screen, and a short adventure, and one with the rise of the Runor's adventure path, and other stuff which you're not telling us about yet, but we'll find mm-hmm. out on Tuesday. Oh, man, this is going to be an expensive <laughs> day. Yeah, is this, is this going to be yeah. an expensive day for me? Is this, is this what you're trying to tell me? I, it, I think it's going to be an expensive day for a lot of people, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be well worth it. I have seen Ooh. more than one fry emoji uh, throwing his money at people. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money! Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. I, I think it's going to do incredibly well. I really do. I can't, I can't see how it can't, to be honest. It seems like a, a no-brainer, really. Yeah, it's really, as I said, I said GGS earlier, because that's what it is. It's like one of those things which is such a good idea. It makes you wonder why you didn't think of it before. Yeah. Well, there was one last question I've been asking. You, you uh, announced it uh, in November last year. How long before that had you been working on it? How long has this been going on? So I can answer from my own perspective. Okay. I, I got involved in July right. of 2020. And uh, I, I I think there was some, um, some work that happened before that but uh, my understanding was this began early in 2020. Right, yeah. Uh, and Mike Mike joined shortly after, or around the same time I did. So, um, you know, I, I, a solid six months now of working <laughs> on it every day. Yeah, and not, uh, and not telling anybody as well, I guess, was difficult, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we had to, we basically had to keep our mouth shut, which yeah. wasn't easy for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's hinting at me, but as you can tell, I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, from what I've heard, it started out, I think, really early 2020, and then they started pulling people onto the project. Like Chris said, I came on uh, very shortly after him, uh, and then it's... I mean, it's uh, it's the opposite of the old adage, right? If you love what you do, you work every day, all day, yeah. and don't yeah, sleep. Yeah. Um, Leave me on. I, I know. I know. Chris is sat there going, yeah, I haven't had a day off in years. I actually took a, 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 a vacation from work this next week just to continue only working on, yeah. uh, on Savage Pathfinder. <laughs> I know. So my vacation is so I can work. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to add to that, though. I mean, all that's true, but it's been extremely fun. I mean, Ooh, it's yeah. uh, it's hard work, but it's been extremely fun and challenging. Yeah, I think I think like those of us that make money from working in this industry, I think you know we are quite fortunate in that while it's not necessarily the industry where you're going to make a million dollars, it is an industry where most of what you do, you probably do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked about earlier, made us millions off of it. <laughs> well, yeah, some people do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people do. <laughs> Not me yet. Nope. Fingers crossed. One day. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one kickstart at a time. Yeah. 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 
Well, thank you both for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. And I, I'm yeah, really, right, honestly, I'm not just saying this. I really am yeah. super excited about uh, this Kickstarter launching on Tuesday. I'm going to be backing it yeah. day one, definitely, without a doubt. Seems pretty likely, got to say. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and uh, I think it's going to do so, so. I think you both know it is going to, don't you? But it's going to do so, so well. Uh, let's, not, let's not put a jinx on the project, guys. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, so let's warn our savage pathfinder. Thanks very much. Yeah. You know, Calm down. If you jinx it, you have to cover the over on that. Oh, damn it. Both <laughs> <laughs> it again. Do you know, this happens every week. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing with Kickstarters I now have to cover. You think uh, you've learned your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> but no, it has been, has been an absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you back on at some point once it's out. Oh, yeah. To talk more about it, especially when you have uh, more, as I'm sure you will have, more projects in the pipeline to start talking yeah. about because i'm oh. super excited about seeing all that going ahead when when's the projected we're gonna see it that's the question i have to ask right so the we can give you the quick timeline so mm-hmm. uh the, the kickstarter like you said the 19th mm-hmm. and yes. in the spring of this year the pdf delivery to the backers uh fall of 2021 the physical rewards to the backers and then uh last last quarter late fall and you know late Late, late fall. <laughs> I don't know exactly when. Uh, the retail release of the physical products. That is the I, I plan. will say. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. That's it. I'll say the one thing I do love about uh, about Pinnacle is mm-hmm. when you look at their Kickstarters, uh, getting those PDFs early, uh, it's just always so sweet, right? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it'll be nice because a lot of people are playing virtually anyway. Uh, but of course if you're like me there's nothing like cracking open the book for that first time where you get that first snap sound and that smell that comes out <laughs> oh yeah. yeah it smells like oh yeah it smells New like book smell. Yeah. <laughs> apparently I now have to read this to you This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I, I've got it. I've got it even worse because I write for Americans so much. I literally can't distinguish between British and American spelling anymore. I honestly, I just can't do it. Like, I, my writing is a complete mix of both, and I have to look it up every single time now.